Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network, the Friday edition. We're going to get you to the weekend. You can do that with us, live streaming on the YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook, and more. Outkick.com is also where you can find us. Or if you're listening to this great radio partner, we say thank you and cheers to the weekend. Mental note for future primary complaint. Been yes. watching a lot of uh, Little League baseball, the regional finals, getting ready for Williamsport. Little League Baseball umpires. I, this is not a complaint about the umpires. I'm glad they do it. And I believe most of them are volunteers. They just get paid right? like room and board and travel to go from their their local Little Leagues to go do it. Uh, so good for them. But if you make the strike call, do it a little bit faster, please. This is <laughs> as uh, TV time. my cousin just sent me a text. He said, it feels like 1996 when I was waiting on dial-up internet to wait for the strike call. From the umpire. I mean, it is a solid two to three seconds before they stand up and make a strike call to where the batter has to turn around and there's all this intrigue about whether or not it's going to be a ball or a strike. It's like in Gladiator when they, you know, call for the the execution. (laughs) You're looking for the the end of it and you just put the hand out and you want to go thumb up or thumbs down. (laughs) I mean, there is a long, long delay in waiting for these things. Uh, um, Chad has a family member playing. Yes, I do. In fact, he's at bat right now uh, on, on Big ESPN. I just looked down and Time to go uh, yard. Just, just fouled one off. Time to go yard. This uh, scoreless game, by the way, I believe both pitchers are throwing a no-hitter currently, and they're into the fourth. They play six innings. So we've got quite the pitcher's duel happening. Chad, the SEC, and, and through Greg Sankey, they're, they're saying, hey, we're, we're content with 16 teams, programs. We're already a super conference. We're not rushing. I... I agree they're not rushing right now, but I, I, they are going to add at least four more, if not more, whenever we see a massive shift across the college conference landscape, which is still to be determined what happens with the ACC and the Big 12. But the reason for patience is the Big 10 seems content with now the, the four that they've added with USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon coming in. And we know that the ACC has a grant of rights and a media contract with ESPN partnered now moving forward after this season with the Southeastern Conference. But in thinking about, and, and Mike Bianchi had Steve Spurrier on his show, open mic with Mike Bianchi is the name of it. And Spurrier, of course, a Hall of Famer, Heisman winner, Florida, South Carolina. The old ball coach. He was asked if he would be in favor of Florida State joining the SEC. Quote, yeah, if they come into the SEC, heck, I think that would be good. And maybe bring Miami or Clemson. I guess there would be another team that would be a possibility too. And then he, ro- he rolls into, you know, I, I think they had the chance right before they joined the ACC to maybe come into the SEC, talking about Florida State. And I remember Bobby Bowden said, quote, I don't want to play that schedule. Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Georgia. Of course, their schedule was tough enough since they played us in Miami. But 
then he goes back and he goes, I would just sit back and say, how come Alabama and Tennessee are not playing Florida State like we have to do each year? So he's all for the power schools in the ACC now joining and making a power schedule. I, this is where we're headed. And Florida State, while they may not have the juice right now solo, if they were to pair up and have some allies, the big ones, Clemson is immediate, but there needs to be two others. You can do exactly what just happened in the Big Ten and do it within a, a region of the country that makes sense for the SEC, makes sense for the media partner, and certainly makes sense for the top brands and the ACC who are not content with the money that they're getting. But the key with all this is the rush. Is there a push? Is there pressure to make a move for fear of what the Big Ten will do? I'm not, I don't think for a minute they're worried within the SEC offices about the Big 12 or the ACC talking expansion. But if Florida State and Clemson started chatting it up with the Big Ten, you better believe that the Super Conference already has 16 teams and the SEC would soon be 18 based on that threat of the better brands going to the Big Ten while you have the chance to expand and chose not to. The one thing that may trip it up, and I, I, I agree with pretty much everything you're saying, Hutton, is spreading the wealth, and that's what they don't want to do ultimately. So we had Andy Staples on yesterday. He talked about it and said, could you still make the argument that even though the Big Ten has two more programs coming in, than the SEC, that the SEC is still the better football product in conference? Yeah, you can make that argument. So even if they add more teams, does it make it better? And is it so good that you're willing to share the wealth with those programs you're bringing in? Texas and Oklahoma was a no-brainer for the SEC. Yes, they bring enough pop and pizzazz and brand awareness that we're willing to share our wealth with them. Is that the case of Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, whoever else you're looking at, Miami? Maybe, maybe not. I hear these quotes from Steve Spurrier, and first thing I think is, and I love Greg Sankey, what an entertaining world it would be if Steve oh. Spurrier was commissioner of the SEC with things that he would say just off the cup. Yeah, heck, why not? Come on, bring them in. Florida State, whoever else, we can make it happen. Um, Steve Spurrier, not, not, not a politician, and I love that about him, always says exactly what he's thinking. And this is another one of those times. Chip Kelly's idea that we hit on yesterday of, I got a plan. Let's everyone go independent. 64 teams can now comprise the, 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 the one division. The other 64 group of five teams can be another one. They compete for a title. We compete for a title. That sounds great. And it sounds easy and clean. And you've got a central governing body. And you've got geographic divisions for college football and all of that but it would require a bunch of schools to take a pay cut yep. and to say, okay, now we're going to collectively bargain together and we're all going to take less money if you're an SEC school or a Big Ten school. Not going to happen. And again, the one thing I think will hold this up is greed and not the type of greed you're thinking about that, hey, we've got to gobble up all these programs and get them in right now because the other schools are. It's the greed of not wanting to share your money with them. Because the SEC's got it really good right now. Big Ten's got it good. Now, it didn't stop them from adding Oregon and Washington. And I think that was more of a convenience thing because their conference was falling apart. And they accepted them knowing it's going to be value-added for years to come. But would the SEC really want to share that paycheck? They're not in a position where they have to yet. So I, I still think 
Notre Dame's going to be the big domino to fall one yes. way or the other. And when that happens, if that's a Big Ten ad, then your plan, Hutton, and what Steve Spurrier's saying, to me, that's the, that's the ignition key that starts the engine. And all of a sudden, those big buyouts to get out of the ACC, not quite as big for Florida State, North Carolina, Clemson, others that the SEC would covet. But I really think that it's probably Notre Dame that's going to trigger that one way or the other. But also, like the – so Cal and Stanford were discussed for the ACC, but they, they, they were – what came up at the president's meeting was revenue. What, is there added revenue? Are we going to make more based on the addition? Well, if you're – and they chose not to, of course. If you're looking at it from that angle, I don't know of other brands – from the Southeastern Conference's perspective of who you would add if you're not going to add Clemson and Florida State. Notre Dame, of course, anybody's taking Notre Dame, automatic. But outside of that, who uh, uh, of the Irish, who would you point to that's available of who you would want to bring in other than those two programs? And we're specifically looking at, of course, the, the football value. There's more than that within the ACC. Uh, and Chad, I think the other thing that would take, aside from Notre Dame, is if you could bring in an Amazon or someone else, a major company, another power player, to come in and add more assets to the television agreement. And within this, you're building to the super conference rivalry where you have the haves and the have-nots, and Amazon gets a piece of the pie of whatever you're going to build for a college football playoff and a, and a, a true national champion what, how we'll view it in, in a few years. I, uh, many believe it's, it's sooner rather than later. Others believe it's going to be a bit further down the line as we see what happens with the other two conferences that remain other than the Big Ten and the SEC. But there's one thing I, I know certain. It, it is Greg Sankey's not sitting back saying, ah, we're good, nothing to discuss here. There's constant discussion at the SEC offices and from his power players, and from the network he's about to join and partner up with. Well, remember when uh, both uh, Petiti and Sankey were, well, we don't want to be the ones that yeah. cause the demise of a conference. You know, we're, we are very much about money and what's best for our conferences, but we're not the Grim Reaper. You know, we, so now the Big Ten has convinced themselves they can sleep at night because, well, guys, their conference fell apart and we just took the scraps. Yeah, the Big 12 did it, not We us. didn't do it. Klyavikov did it to himself, <laughs> and we took Oregon. And what, now, what precipitated that was us raiding them for USC and UCLA, but whatever happened left was just us taking the scraps off the table that had been blown up by their own conference commissioner. So they sleep well at night with that. I say that to get to this point because I don't think that either commissioner would be willing to – sleep soundly at night knowing they would do this. But if I am a third-party consultant and I have no allegiances one way or the other, and I'm looking at the landscape and saying it is all about media money, it's all about who can make the most, it's all about eyeballs, it's all about who has the biggest brand, and I have to give a business tip to Greg Sankey about what he should do next in conference realignment, it is get rid of Missouri and Vandy and add North Carolina and Clemson or add Clemson and Florida State because you cannot tell me in terms of sharing the wealth that if you went to ESPN whenever that contract is up and said, what if we got rid of Vanderbilt and Missouri and brought you Clemson and Florida State, two of the biggest brands 
in all of college football to add to this television package, and we're still splitting it 16 ways. We're not adding it to 18. We're not cutting the shares down. This would equate to how much more money for each of the 16 schools. But part of it, though. If it is just dollars and cents, that would make each program more money. But I, I can't help but think that from the ESPN, ABC, Disney perspective, what are they currently looking for in exchange? It, I don't think they care how the SEC divvies it up, right? It's about oh content, no, they don't care content, about that programming. They, so if you're taking away two, it's and about what it's two, worth. But you have to think of it from okay, where's our content compared to the content that the Big Ten is offering with twenty? So I think they would be in favor of the network. I'm saying adding more, not subtracting, um, just simply based on the fact that in you know. March and February and March, you want to have content on all the channels pointing back to the media contract that you've signed for the conference that's the most valuable. But can the conference give you enough programming, live programming, to hit all of the different markers that they're looking at well, on that particular uh, weeknight? And we're talking about two different goals. What ESPN wants is to pay the least for the most amount of inventory and the best possible product to then take to market and go get advertisers and get people subscribed to ESPN Plus to watch right. those games and get big ratings. What the SEC wants is the most money for each member's school. So from the SEC's business perspective, if they want the most money for their member schools, they cut out two programs that aren't bringing in as much money, and they bring in two that will bring them more money in the next contract, which they're going to get a little bit more money regardless, even if Vandy and Missouri is still in there. But I'm saying – we're not that far off if we're going to be this cutthroat and we're going to kill a conference the way the Big Ten just did and what the Pac-12 helped do to themselves. Who, what's to stop a conference from saying, it would be better if we replace these four programs with these four or we move this one around and brought this one in because in the next television negotiation, we're going to get slightly more for these brands. And if we keep the number at a certain level, the distribution goes way up. For our member schools. But I, I see, I look at it from the next contract for both Big Ten and SEC will be some type of uh, partnership between all the networks. You know, the, the Fox and CBS for years, one had the N N NFC, one had the AFC. So you can bring in what you're currently doing with ESPN and, and ABC and still have the partnership with the Big Ten for whatever the super conference is going to be, and you spread it out across all these different platforms. But you've got to have the, uh, the juice and the content, the, the live programming, to service all of those different live streams plus the, the heavy linear TV where the big brands are going to be. So I, don't, I, I do think you, you have to load up in some degree. Even if it's not ESPN that wants to pay more, you can get another massive company like Amazon that has done all these trials with different sports and in different ways to get subscribers to jump on board at a, a, a second-tier level that gives you more money based on the aspect that you have more content to provide. Yeah, what would a Friday night game of the week for the SEC yes. in a future contract do on Prime Video or Apple TV Plus or, or whatever it may be? It could be a big revenue generator. But they'll have to have more teams in order to have that deal. Yeah. David in the YouTube chat says there's going to be plenty of TV money for the 64 Super League. I, I, I agree, but why 64? If I'm talking about maximizing revenue, take the 32 top brands sure. across the country. And how much money's in that? You know what that is? It's called the NFL. 
That's the 32 top brands for Sunday and Monday and Thursday in the NFL. Now take the top 32 brands in college football that generate the most interest and the most ratings and think about the money those 32 teams could split if they collectively negotiated TV deals across every network. Just like who? Oh, the NFL. That's what they do. They get in on every network and they get in on streaming and everything else. College football could do the same. It could just be a 32-team league. Like why? I don't, I'm not advocating for these things. I'm simply an observer of what's happening, and I'm telling you, if you want to go evil genius, this is how far you go with it. Why, why 64? Why am I cutting a check to Wake Forest if I'm one of these schools? Why not just bring the ones that matter, that are actually bringing a lot, all the interest in? I mean, it's not far-fetched to think this is where we're headed if money's going to drive every well, decision. For football especially, yeah. no doubt. Uh, speaking of decisions, coming up, we have two options. Neither is really a great option, but we have to pick our poison. We'll go across the NFL. We've got some college football discussion and more. That's straight ahead. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Coming up in an hour, Bernard Pollard, former NFL safety, will join us. Hope everyone's having a great Friday. Hot Mike with that and with her rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, uh, not many good options whenever you're just trying to pare it down to two and you have to pick your poison. But we have to pick our poison with some bad solutions. Two bad, bad options. Bets. We have to pick the best of the bad options, I we'll, think, we'll is try. the premise for this. Yeah, Davey Hudson joins us uh, here at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Davey, you've got uh, two options across the football landscape for us, and we will have to put our money where our mouth is here. That I do, Hut, with you know the NFL preseason starting back, college football right around the corner. I was trying to think of some – Interesting questions where it's like you guys just have some terrible options, but hey, you got to con- convince me one way or another. And so, to pick your poison for our first question that we're going to go with, which team will have the better season, the Indianapolis Colts or the Houston Texans? And I'll let you start on this one. This is, by the way, uh, uh, this is just really bad. 
to even think about with both these teams, but I'll, I, I'll let you start. I'm pretty confident that the answer is Houston with the Texans. C.J. Stroud, they know who their rookie starter is. Meanwhile, Anthony Richardson is battling with Gardner Minshew right now, and they're probably going to end up playing two quarterbacks, even though I know Richardson's starting the preseason game for them. And here's why I also like Houston. I, I like some of the young defensive pieces. I also like what they've done in the backfield because for a rookie quarterback and at least three veteran offensive linemen in front of them, the running game is going to be paramount for their success. They have Damian Pierce, who's back. They have signed Devin Singletary. And they also have uh, John Mechie coming back at wide receiver. So, and that's great story, a great story and great news. Look, I, I'm taking Houston. It's not by much, but who knows who's running the football for Indy. And they're about to go with a rookie quarterback that needs a year. You know, Will Levis is in a good spot because... At best, he's the backup to Ryan Tannehill. At best, for Anthony Richardson, he is going to have the crap kicked out of him weekly because he doesn't have a running game right now to rely on because Jonathan Taylor's not there, and the backup to him is already injured. So if, if this is just a you know better season, who has the better record, my answer could be different than who you feel better about at the end of the season. This is just better record, right? Better record, right, is what you're saying? That is that is where I'm at, but I, okay. I like your take on it, Chad, if you, if you have yeah. a different answer on who's, who you're going to be feeling better about at the end of the year. I think there's a solid chance that the Colts end up with the better record, but we're going to feel a lot better about C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans, and the Texans moving forward from here on out um, because I think he's going to have a better year than Anthony Richardson whenever Anthony Richardson starts. And it starts and ends with the quarterback. So if you feel better about the quarterback, you're going to feel better about that team moving forward. Let's say even though the Texans might have a one, you know, win one fewer game. So under that premise, I think the better season is going to be the Texans, even if the record is very close, because I believe in Stroud more than Richardson. I don't like to start with D'Amico Ryan starting Stroud behind no offensive line and having him run for his life in preseason game number one. But I've got more faith in that situation now moving forward. So I'm going to go Houston Texans on better season. Gotcha. Look, I mean, the Colts also implementing a new first-time head coach. So yep. we'll see what happens there, guys. And speaking of the head coach, I mean, if it's not hiring season, it's firing season. So my first question – or my second question about the coaches, which coach do you think will get fired first? Mike McCarthy in Dallas or Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. See, now, if we're going pick your poison and you want to flip this, you could say, which coach wins the Super Bowl first with their current <laughs> team? Because then that's a bad, like, it's good. It's an easy decision to say one of these guys might get fired. But you got to pick your poison of which one's the Super Bowl winning head coach, McCarthy or Stefanski. Here's the, the record, or excuse me, the schedule for the Browns. Cincy at Pittsburgh, Titans at home, Baltimore, bye week. The answer is Kevin Stefanski, because if they start 0-4 with their investment to Sean Watson and they start 0-3 in division, he could get fired in that early bye week after four games. And I think they got a chance to lose all four of those games. Not likely to happen, but certainly a chance Since they could, could, be do without, could be without Burrow. That would be a huge boost to them, if so. So I'm going to go Stefanski for that reason. Cowboys play at the Giants, Jets at home, tough. At Arizona, not tough. New England at home, not tough. At San Francisco, at the Chargers, then a bye week. Also two tough games back-to-back. -back. So 
Hutton, it certainly is pick your poison with those two schedules to start before the bye week. But I know you and I always like to look at it. When wins the bye week? Yeah. If you're going to make a move in season, a lot of times it's at the bye week. So what happens before the bye? So, yeah, and you're right. I, I lean towards Stefanski over McCarthy. And it just comes down to the offensive vision. Like I, I, columnists in Cleveland are saying that Deshaun Watson may need to be patient as this offense comes along. And I'm thinking that the, the patience aspect is only asked of through Stefanski because Stefanski goes into it thinking, okay, we've loaded up. We have, we've got a fully guaranteed contract with Deshaun Watson. We have now options at wide receiver. We have brought in different pieces. But our best chance of winning is turning around and handing off the football. Like, that doesn't track with what Deshaun Watson did so well in the end of his tenure in Houston. So I, I think there may be a butting of heads there. And unlike other quarterbacks, Watson has, and some quarterbacks have this, but the vast majority, Watson has this. He's not mentioned in the same talent sphere. But based on the contract, he's an NBA player looking at a head coach thinking, I'll, we're going to do this. He's got that power now. They, Haslam gave it to him. So I, I think it's more on Stefanski. Meanwhile, McCarthy at least took back control of the offense. Kellen Moore's not there. He's now in uh, with the Chargers. And they do have a jam-packed roster full of talent that won 12 games a year ago with a quarterback that only played in 12 games and threw a ton of picks. The downfall of McCarthy will be the kicking game. They can't find a kicker uh, in a battle right now between two two guys to even hit consecutive kicks from like 35 to 40 yards. Uh, in fact, the two went back and forth this past weekend and went one for six. And we know how the playoffs ended. Brett Maher is, is long forgotten, but he missed five kicks and, you know, got cut. So... Here Imagine losing your job because of the kicker, your kicking situation. <laughs> but that, I mean, he most lose, coaches lose, lose their games. job because they don't get the quarterback right. Imagine losing or the or a coordinator. Imagine losing your job because you couldn't find a kicker. Yeah, and, and that it, could be where they are. In the moment, it will be looked at as, oh, it's not on him. But in the off season, it's a record, and no one remembers the details of how things went down. So I, I think both guys could end up on the street. I just think it's Stefanski first more than I think it's McCarthy, Davey. Gotcha. Uh, the one point I'd like to add to that conversation is I view both of these owners as complete wild cards when you're looking at Jerry Jones and you're looking at Jimmy Haslam. So I just I view them as unpredictable. But uh, stick, That's a good point. Sticking within the state of Ohio, um, we'll talk about that battle. You know, come November, Michigan or Ohio State, a lot of people – uh, that's that's that big Big Ten matchup we're looking at. But which team do you think will lose first, Michigan or Ohio State? Hutton, there can always be a surprise, you know. But I it, like the Georgia schedule, for instance, right? Everyone is all over that because Georgia is a double-digit favorite in all but one game, according to Vegas, throughout their 12-game regular season. That's in Knoxville, second-to-last game of the year. Games aren't played on paper. But in the preseason, when we're getting psyched up for games, all we can do is look at the paper and play the games out on paper. So I played these games out on paper and looked at Ohio State and Michigan's schedule. And the big question for me is, can Notre Dame win at home against Ohio State? That game happens in September, on September 23rd. If not, I don't think you're going to see even a possible loss on the schedule before they play each other except for Michigan at Penn State on November 11th. 
I, I, I'm going to go Ohio State because they also play Penn State. Penn State always plays them tough, but they do get Penn State in Columbus this year on October 21st. But because they have those two games at Notre Dame late November or late September and Penn State at home in late October before Michigan really gets their first on paper huge test, which is a road trip to Penn State, I'm going to play the odds here a little bit and say they're going to drop one to either Marcus Freeman's squad and Notre Dame or Aller's going to be terrific and they're going to drop the one to Penn State in, in October before Michigan plays Penn State in November. I, I think it's Ohio State because they will they get Penn State the week prior, right? October 21st is when they will play Penn State. They then follow up with a game against Wisconsin, and Wisconsin is not on Michigan's schedule. So back-to-back weeks, they get uh, Penn State and Wisconsin, and I think that's where Ohio State slips up. I mean, I'm looking at Michigan's schedule right now, and I don't see a blip on the radar, although they're always shocking surprises. Uh, regardless of Harbaugh's coaching or not those first four weeks, it's not happening there. But back-to-back road games at Nebraska, at Minnesota, I mean, I don't know how we label that as tough right now. Uh, especially considering they have a top three defense in the country currently. Uh, talent that they've acquired to the transfer portal to help out the defense and what pieces that they've lost. And then they have, uh, they have uh, the uh, Corum and, and Edwards back in the backfield to go with J.J. Edwards, so, or McCarthy, excuse me. So, yeah, give me Michigan to have the better record and the unbeaten record prior to uh, Ohio State. But it's going to take a while, Davey. This is into November, end of October, early November, when we're talking about a loss. Maybe all that exercise for penalty or whatever it was called, disciplinary exercise that Minnesota's been going through, will push push them through <laughs> in that game. Probably not, though. Although Michigan is is uh, circling Georgia now and not Ohio State, so yeah. maybe that plays eye off the ball. Well, guys, moving on to our final pick your poison for today. Which quarterback will be more productive, Jimmy Garoppolo? Or Derek Carr? Chad, give us the update on Jimmy G's best target. So, going through, getting ready for this uh, topic earlier, I, I look and I'm like, oh, let's look at who else is on the, the roster right now with the Raiders as pass-catching options for Garoppolo outside Devontae Adams. And immediately I saw seven minutes before I actually searched this, Devontae Adams leaves the field with a right leg injury because Travarius Ward of the 49ers in the first play of 11 on 11 at their joint practice, hits him, and he goes down. He's on the ground for a while and has to leave for the locker room uh, after being injured. That does not bode well for the Raiders no. or for Jimmy Garoppolo in this one. To me, the answer is Derek Carr. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, hopefully back, playing well again. I like New Orleans' roster better. Hutton, I think there is a scenario, sort of like the Texans-Colts answer for me, where Garoppolo, if Adams is healthy throughout the year, will look better statistically, but we're not going to leave the season thinking he played better than Derek Carr. Because I think, I think the Saints are in a pretty good spot in that division to do some damage. And I think Derek Carr is one of those guys who's just good enough to put up a bit of a revenge season with the Saints for how it ended in Vegas. I'm going Derek Carr on this one. Garoppolo wins, but he wins with pieces around him. Josh Jacobs is not there. He's disgruntled he's not happy meanwhile you could say the same behind what's going on behind Derek Carr because Kamara is suspended early in the season 
but at least they have a plan in the backfield knowing that the, the likelihood was he was going to face a suspension. They've got Jamal Williams, who comes over from Detroit. Uh, they've got a, a couple of rookies behind him as well, and they have the receiving options. Devontae Adams was – he limped off the field today, not carted off, and he was pointing at his calf, according to reporters. Uh, Josh McDaniel says he doesn't think it's super serious is the, the way he phrased it, I believe. But beyond that, no real update on the right leg injury for Adams. But they're just, I mean, when has, I'm thinking about Jimmy G's rosters, and when, when it's needed to rely on a run game, it's been there. And right now, you can't turn around and hand the football off to Josh Jacobs based on the way things are going in Las Vegas. That's a big concern. And when he gets there, Chad, you mentioned this yesterday, like, do you have to get your legs under you a bit? Yeah. yeah what's that going to be like? He's not happy, and I wouldn't be happy if I'm Jimmy G because Adams and Jacobs are not going to be at practice for a bit. Well, and I, I, I'm blinded by some of this because, um, and, and rightfully so, you lean towards the franchise you think is in better shape. And I just think the Saints setup is better, especially within their division, than the Raiders right now under Josh McDaniels, right? So I, I, I look at it that way and think that's why Derek Carr is set up well. We're taking Carr, surprisingly, the former Raiders quarterback against the current one who actually wins at a higher rate. I agree with you. And the, the only thing I'd like to add is it's not so much what they have around them, it's what they're having to face against. And if you look at New Orleans' schedule, a lot easier than the Raiders. And, I mean, that defense for New Orleans, they don't play – I think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback they'll face. And you look at it within their division, you get Bryce Young twice, you get Desmond Ritter twice, Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield twice – it's a lot of opportunities for that defense to set Derek Carr up into a nice position. Can he take advantage? Six of your 17 games will come against those quarterbacks. One second-year guy. And then you have the AFC Mid-round South. pick. One number one overall pick, but a rookie. And then Baker Mayfield. And the AFC South is also saying, saying the same thing about the NFC South. Well, at least we don't have the NFC North this year. We, well, we get the South. Coming up. Someone's got to lose, though. More headlines, including NFL Plus, and they're helping out the fans. Let's, let's get weird. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Glad you're with us. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Friday edition with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. We've got Bernard Pollard, former Raven safety and uh, Titan safety. He'll join us uh, coming up in about 40 minutes or so. Always a great conversation from the opinionated veteran of the league. Find out who the pretenders are in the league right now. Bernard Pollard. Uh, Not a fan of quarterbacks. Not a beta. No. It's never been the type to not air his opinion on anything. So can't wait for this. Chad, uh, Jed York, the 49ers owner, CEO, he is facing a pair of lawsuits pertaining to a college cheating scandal and then also alleged insider trading based on the company uh, Chegg. 
Have you heard of this? Chegg? No. Uh, Davey had just mentioned it to me and asked if, if we had this when I was in college, and I had to inform Davey. We barely had the internet when I started college. Yeah. My first email address came in college because I really? had to get one no, uh, when I got to college. I'm probably right there with you. You're also no, no, younger, no, no, you're no, younger no, than no, no, I am. So. I, had to, I had to get an email address in order to have Yahoo Messenger. Okay. I just used my buddy's and AOL Facebook? Messenger. Facebook didn't, uh, wasn't around until college for me. That's when Facebook it was, was like campus 04, to campus. I think is when it started. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the movie Social Network. Yeah. Right around 04. So that's the year I was graduating college is when. And it was campus only. Yeah, I didn't have Facebook until they allowed uh, old people to get on after I was out of college. <laughs> Remember anyone? Remember for a while, it was like, if you went to college, you could get on it. And then, but you had to be in college for a while. I think I was at the cutoff where if you went to a college, you could join Facebook, and that's when I joined in like 08, 07, somewhere around there. So uh, he's a part of the uh, Chegg company. It's an online educational service. It became popular during the pandemic uh, where every single college course was conducted vir virtually, and this was you could see how stock prices would soar for a company that's online educational service-based. Um, it reached as over $113 per share, in February of 2021. And then, you know, that popularity, whenever you're actually back in class, back on campus, they then offered the service of looking up answers to test questions and then would provide that for you. Um, so that's the cheating part of it. And the insider trading would be knowing that the cheating scandal was going to happen, selling those shares at the peak performance prior to it con considerably dropping based on news getting out about the cheating scandal not the headline i expected with the the 49ers with with all of this d didn't know be looking into this and then that uh very unfortunate for them maybe davy has a tie in with cheating we'll we'll find out uh, it's time for let's get weird and five four three two one zero talking now Guys, with our first story today, I have some bad news to share. We, we did have a death uh, by an Italian man. And whenever I think of worse ways to go out, this is definitely at the top. I personally do not like cheese at all. I will not eat cheese. But we have a, this comes from Italy, a 74-year-old local producer of a Parmesan hard-crusted cheese. And he died after... A 30-foot-high shelf full of thousands of pounds of cheese fell on him. Oh. Being from Italy, though, how, this may be the way to go. How much again? What was the weight that fell on him? Uh, fifth, th well, they said there were 15,000 cheese wheels that were okay. aging in this place, and there was a 30-foot-high shelf that was holding these wheels, and they said each wheel would weigh about 45 pounds. Can we discuss wow. your not liking cheese? Is is this a like a lactose intolerance issue? I I grew out of the allergy. I did have it. <laughs> grew out of it. And I, I don't know, man. I was like five and I was at a birthday party and had some pizza. And for whatever reason, like as soon as I got like ate one piece, just threw up everywhere. And then it's just like the smell ever since then. So now then, it's like PTSD. Oh, it sticks around with you. Yeah, the, the smell's the worst. And then just the texture of it. I, I hate it. I think I've been on a rant about the nacho cheese smell as well. Uh, just got off. So you don't but like pizza? No. Well, no, I mean, I'll order pizza without good. cheese. So Which, people think so I'm weird for that. Bread and sauce. It's on bread. It's not. That's not pizza. <laughs> you get pepperoni, bacon. You know, a couple you get peppers. bread. You get the the crust, 
sauce and then put toppings, toppings. on it with yeah. no cheese? And then you tell them you want extra sauce because no cheese would dry out the crust a little bit quicker. So. Yeah. I don't think this is uncommon, though, Chad, based on those who are lactose intolerant. Well, but you're not lactose intolerant anymore. I think you need to overcome your fear. I've kind of cut out dairy altogether. I don't think it's that you don't like, well, now we're getting into something different, that you're just cutting out dairy. I don't think it's that you don't like the taste of cheese. It's that you don't like the memory of being five, having one slice of pizza, and throwing up everywhere. I've tried it on other occasions, and it just it doesn't do it for me. That's rough growing up without pizza, though. I had a friend in high school who loved Taco Bell. And ate it all the time, and got food poisoning one time from a Taco Bell, and it c- can't even like drive by a Taco Bell and see a sign without feeling like she was going to get sick. It's weird from that point on because of the PTSD from it. I saw a meme. Could not eat it ever again. I saw a meme the other day. It's like Alexander Graham Bell. He's like, I'm working on this new thing called the phone. He's like, and then it just went to his brother Taco. He's like, I got some pretty big stuff in the plan- in, in the works too. So something I learned. I'm glad you brought this up, Davey. That Taco Bell. It was the guy's name. I didn't know that. Glenn Bell formed Taco Bell. I just thought the Taco Bell was the bell. It was like a bell ringing for the dinner bell for Taco. No, it's the guy's name. Glenn Bell started Taco Bell. Had it. This is Food That Built America, one of my favorite okay. shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that when we had started it with a, And he had a, an investor come in, and I think it was Taco Tia. Yeah, Taco Tia was the restaurant they started. Wildly successful, San Bernardino, California. And he wanted to franchise it. And his buddy that gave him the money said, no, we're making enough here. Let's not risk it. So he had to basically get bought out of that enterprise. Then he started Taco Bell, and the guy who didn't invest with him from that point on hated it because he made millions. Just back to the cheese briefly. Like, will you eat from a plate that has cheese on it, but it's not on your food? Or does it? Uh, Like, if there's a charcuterie board, will I get something that's also on the charcuterie board? Hamburgers and cheeseburgers out for a, you know. well, yeah. you can't have anything that touches cheese. No, no, no. Like, if I mean, I don't want any of that cheese to get on, but like, I'll, I'll probably like scrape that off. Yeah, but it's not it, it, just because it's on the plate doesn't mean you will avoid it. No, I'm not. I'm not to that point. Good. So, uh, but yeah, we don't have to worry about that here. We got to. I mean, now I want you to eat cheese on air. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make this. Happen. I've got. I've got a game I've been working see, on. See I'll bring your favorite comfort foods with cheese. Well, cheese its Will you eat cheese its I don't, I don't, not a fan of those either. <laughs> Just like even Cheetos? like the nachos, Doritos, like can't even eat the like artificial cheese I, I, no, flavored like stuff. It, yes, the the smell of it just it turns me off right away. I think it's. I think you need to go to therapy for this. I think it's all mental. I really do. I He's think you. I, right I just now. don't. I refuse to believe that an individual could would not like any type of cheese. I don't other like than milk being either. lactose intolerant, and then yeah, I get that. If your body rejects it, like it did when you were five. But you do know now that you're past the allergy. Yes. Okay, that's good. But but I mean, like I, I will not drink milk. Like I just the smell, the the taste. Like I, I'm I gonna I'm gonna work on this with you. Milk milk fine, but cheese. We're gonna get you eating cheese. Made from the same point. stuff. Um. Okay, guys. But I'll go ahead and uh. Do you eat move beef? On. Beef that comes from the same animal. <laughs> yes, but it's okay. <laughs> We, we, we can have this conversation off. You'll here. eat the All flesh right. of the cow, but not what the cow produces. Got it. All yep. right, continue. Yep, yep. All right, so our next story <laughs> comes from uh, North Carolina, but police are looking for two men that have been caught stealing $300,000 worth of Magic the Gathering cards. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Magic the Gathering, uh, congrats. Uh, I am <laughs> not either, but I will read to you from Wikipedia what this game is. 
A player in Magic takes the role of a planeswalker, a powerful wizard who can travel between dimensions of the multiverse doing battle with other players as planeswalkers by casting spells, using artifacts, and summoning creatures as depicted on individual cards drawn from their individual decks. It continues, but you get the gist. It sounds like uh, Game of Thrones, but with cards. <laughs> yeah, I guess Dungeons and Dragons would be somewhat similar. This isn't really uh, my area of expertise, but it's the area of expertise of one group and one group only. But yeah, we got virgins. We got pictures of these guys just still in these cards. I, I'm just <laughs> yes. Three hundred thousand dollars. The Venn diagram would show that the interest in this game takes place here with the virgin community more than anyone else, and that's what we're really targeting that that crowd. Yeah. Bring this up on your next first date, Davey, uh, that you play this game. It's, 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 it's in two hours, so. Got a date right. in two hours, wow. It would probably go over worse than that girl who went on the date with a guy that was sports better. Well, actually, it's, it's funny in. you mentioned that because I didn't think about this ahead of time, but before the show, Hut and I were out uh, in, in the bar area, and I told him, hey, I think I'm going to put a parlay together on some preseason games. And all those games start exactly at the same time my date's supposed to take place. So <laughs> got, I got a big five-leg parlay coming up. We'll see how that goes, you know? When the third-string quarterback throws that pick. Took a lot of unders. Leave it at that. <laughs> okay, well done. So the, uh, the Gen Con Indy 2023 is where this took place at. So we're still looking for these guys, the guys in question. Um, Thomas Dunbar and Andrew Pearson Glom. Uh, they are considered persons of interest. A so if you name. know these guys, yeah. I, I uh, took a, a video the other day of a guy and sent it to Hutton that I'm convinced may be a serial killer that was walking down the streets of Nashville. Chad's and I just wanted to document it. It definitely goes by three names. In case, yeah, it definitely goes by three names. All the makings of a serial killer were there. He was walking around downtown Nashville on a 97-degree day in the craziest, like, olive-colored outfit while holding a suitcase that looked like it was from 1972 the olive color matches pants he had on, and he had like the Jeffrey Dahmer glasses on that with the the straight like filming top a scene in a to movie. it. And he's walking through there, and um, I should send the video, to them, but I'm probably getting trouble. Did for he it. look like someone that would play Magic: The Gathering? Yes, I, it, it, there were one of two things in that 1972 suitcase: Magic: The Gathering cards <laughs> or human appendages. One of the two definitely were in that. I think I told Hutton. The odds are high that there's a human head inside of the suitcase right now Maybe, as you walk through the streets of Nashville. Have you played Magic the Gathering? No. Never played Same. that. Never played Dungeons and Dragons. What is it, Catan? Settlers of Catan? Settlers of Catan. That's a fun game. That's quick, easy. It's just a simple board game. Tell like, me how I, that's different, though, than these other games. Kind of seems the same to me. Well, you only buy like the one game like this is like there's trading cards so you have to keep acquiring you. different items there's a world there's world building that goes on yeah. with this okay. now I, I think there are a couple of other games they've added on for Catan, but the the main one that like a lot of people play like i know it was huge uh when tennessee's basketball team uh grant williams now with the dallas mavericks like he's a huge proponent of it and so i know a lot of people back home like whenever he got into it like really started to learn more about it but yeah, I would recommend Sellers of Catan. I cannot tell you anything about Magic the Gathering. But $300,000 is a lot. I'm thinking like Ocean's Eleven, but it's like a card game for dorks. Yeah. So I mean, It's amazing to me how much these cards go for. Yeah, uh, don't have it in here, but remember us talking about Blake Martinez, the former yeah. Giants linebacker yeah. uh, who was selling the Pokemon cards and like doing a really good job as far as making money there. Well, now there's people accusing him of scamming and uh, – basically taking some cards out of a pack and then reselling. And he's uh, 
been banned from one site, I believe. So that's a scandal to keep if uh, you, you stay in the selling of cards um, arena. I, I don't even know what You, you don't want to be locked out of the Pokemon world. That's one thing that we, we've always known. Yeah, you get too. blacklisted really quickly, yeah, and it's that, all downhill from there. That is a community that you don't want to be on the outs with, is the Pokemon community. Davies, that I know. Final headline. Yes, final story. So we got an 87-year-old grandmother who she was – this is in Maine, but she – was in her bed and she woke up and there was a guy standing over her with a knife. Obviously very scary. She yeah. manages to fight him off. Yeah. The guy had to be on something. It doesn't say it in the story. But he ultimately ended up getting distracted from her, got hungry, went into the kitchen, and she ended up like giving him some peanut butter and crackers and some protein drinks and some tangerines while she called the cops. What I thought was interesting was she called the cops on a rotary phone. Like This is like how old this woman is i've have you all ever used a rotary phone i've, yes. I've never actually At my grandmother my grandmother had one too okay so but she managed to call the cops take the time which uh, sounds uh, like she called her grandson <laughs> went and made food for him but uh <laughs> cops were a, 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 able to arrest the guy apparently he was a jewel grandson's on meth again yeah. let's get him the Let tangerine me, make you a peanut butter sandwich and call the cops you just need some hydration then you'll be okay <laughs> let's get you on your way what a grandmotherly thing to do also. Someone yeah. standing over your bed with a knife, and you get scared. You look but like you you're also, hungry. You know what? I, I just think you just need a good, solid, square yeah. meal. You need and more then than you're that. You okay. need more than Let's that one Let's send you on your way after getting some protein. You're going to be fine. Davey, yeah. thank you. Props to the uh, grandma, though. Taking on the intruder. Back at it. We've got headlines, including NFL Plus giving back to the fans. The day is here where you can get red zone and you don't have to subscribe to anything else. Details next on Hot Mike.